The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. Um, The good news is that when we receive our resurrected bodies, we won't need reading glasses anymore. all those aches and pains will go away. And so I, I could have just got up and told you that and sat down, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, Luke chapter 24, if you have a Bible, be turning there. Um, we're, we're grateful to have a lot of visitors with us this morning. We encourage you to stay after the services, to, to stick around, enjoy a meal together. We've got a nice brunch prepared. Uh, the Nye family who wrote that wonderful card to us, who we helped out with the flood, they also gave us a, a, quite a bit of food as well, and so we'll have plenty of food to eat. Let's, uh, let's begin by reading Luke 24, verses 1 through 9. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. August 6, 1999, that was the day the movie The Sixth Sense was released. And it was the the second highest grossing film of the year. The first was uh, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. And so how did this film with a mediocre budget, a director that knew no one had ever heard of, make so much money? Well, when people began to, to see the film, there was a buzz about it. And people were talking about it, and they were telling their friends to see it. Why? Well, it was because of the ending. And people would go and and watch this movie, and they had no idea what was coming. It was completely unexpected. They were surprised. They were caught off guard. And as soon as they got out of the movie theater, they were talking to others about what they had just experienced. And some of you remember what I'm talking about. Well, in a very small way, this is all similar to what happened 2,000 years ago after the followers of Jesus watched their leader be crucified on a cross. Now, they were familiar with the story. They they had seen this type of thing happen before, and they, they knew how it all turned out. The disciples, they returned to their fishing boats. They went back to work because in their minds, it was over. Jesus was dead, and it was now time to get on with life. They had no idea what was coming next. 
And they were about to be surprised. They were going to be so astounded that they would spend the rest of their lives telling people what took place. It was something that they could not keep inside. They had to tell everyone that they knew. What was the event that forever changed their lives? It was the resurrection. This was not the the ending that they had imagined. It was not what they expected. Ancient people, just like us, understood what happened to a person once they died. They stay dead. They don't come back to life. And this is what made this event so amazing. It is why the disciples of Jesus would would leave their homes, they would leave their jobs, they would leave their families, and they would go all over the world to tell this story. Now, we live in a time when we want to control everything. And we get a little bit nervous when we can't control something. We want to control the, the stock market. If it gets out of control, you know, we expect, we demand that the government do something about it. We plan our entire life. We have a retirement plan. We have insurance policies in case something goes wrong. We desperately want to be in control. But there's one thing in which we have no control, and that is death. And as much as we try, we cannot control death. It is out of our hands. When we die, we die. And this is why the resurrection is of such great significance to us. Because Jesus came and he conquered death. And the risen Christ gives us hope that death will not have the last word. And so scripture tells us that the resurrection, it is the the first fruits of what is to come. In other words, it is the inauguration of God's plan to redeem all things. It is a taste of what one day will be. Death and evil will be conquered for good. They will be no more. And all wrongs will be righted. And this is a day that we long for. And there is something deep within each of us that desires this. We, we understand that things are not the way they should be. And, and we feel within us that we were created for so much more. And we search and we search, but we're never satisfied. Why is this? Well, there's a couple reasons. First, C.S. Lewis reminds us that the longing within us that's never satisfied is an indicator that we were created for something that is beyond us, okay? And so we were created for God, and we're never going to truly be satisfied until we dwell with Him. And each of us has that longing. Second, many of us search for satisfaction. We search for the meaning of life, but we search in all the wrong places. And idolatry is when we seek God in the things of this world. And so we seek God in sex, or we seek God in money, or we seek God in possessions, or we seek God in whatever it is. 
And the book of Ecclesiastes is all about Solomon trying to find satisfaction in all kinds of things that never satisfy. And Solomon does not find satisfaction he is looking for until he focuses his desires on God. And so everyone has this longing within them. Everyone. If you don't believe me, all you have to do is turn on your radio and listen to the music. You too sings about desire. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones sings, I can't get no satisfaction. Okay? And I don't think his problem is women, you know, but um, he keeps on saying he can't get no satisfaction. But he, he has a longing that is never satisfied. Most clearly, Bruce Springsteen sings, Everybody has a hungry heart. Everybody has a hungry heart. The, the, the heart is the center of the human being, not the brain. And so we are driven by our desires. And, and our desires shape us more than anything else. And so it is important that our desires are directed in the right direction. Okay? Well, what does all this have to do with the resurrection? Well, in our text this morning, several women, they go to visit the tomb of Jesus. And when they get there, they encounter uh, what they describe as two men in dazzling apparel. And, and we know that these men are angels. What they do not find is the body of Jesus. He has been raised from the dead. He is no longer in the tomb. And, and these two angels ask one of the most important questions there is in the Bible. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And there are two ways to understand this question. There is the literal sense in which these women were seeking Jesus within a tomb after he had been risen, after he was alive. And so they were looking for a living body in a grave. And they didn't realize this at the time. The angels had to explain it to them. But once they understood, they rushed out to tell the others. Okay, that's, that's one way we understand this question. The other sense in which we can understand this question is that this is a question for all time. It is a question directed at every living human being. It is a question that, that every one of us should spend much time meditating on and thinking about. We are all seeking the living, whether we realize it or not. What is the living, or, or should I say, who is the living? Well, God is the source of life. Jesus offers living water to the woman at the well. He offers her water that uh, will, will quench her thirst for all eternity. She'll never be thirsty again. We have a desire within us for living water. We have a longing for something beyond ourselves. And this is a longing for God. Now the problem is that we don't always know what to do with our desires. There, there are people who think desires are bad, including some religious people. And so in ancient times, these people were known as Stoics. And they sought to repress all of their desires. Well, the Bible never teaches us to do that. 
We are taught to fast so that we can control our desires, but we're not to fast for our entire lives, just for a short period, you know. Um, after God created everything, He said it is good. God gave us our bodies. He gave us our desires. The other mistake we sometimes make uh, when it comes to, de- to our desires is that we, we never say no. And so the, the opposite of a stoic is an addict. And an addict is someone who indulges in some desire, their, their desire of choice, without any limits at all. And so they keep eating and eating and eating, or they keep using and using and using, or they keep having sex and more sex and more sex, or whatever. Why? Because they, they, they have this longing for God, and they're searching to quench this desire through food or drugs or sex or whatever it is. But they're never satisfied. They idolize money or possessions, or whatever. They are searching for the living among the dead. Now, if our desires are not evil, if God gave them to us, if He put them within us, then how should we understand our desires? Well, we need to recognize that things like food or even sex are not the sources of life. They're, no, they're never going to quench our ultimate desire, but neither are they bad. We do not have to deny ourselves certain things in order to get to God. Instead, we should view these things as signs that are pointing us to something bigger. So, for instance, God gave us taste buds. He wants us to to enjoy the, the wonderful food that He has created, that He has given us, uh, meals are a big part of Scripture. They're all over the place. And when we sit down to a meal, we should be thankful for what God has blessed us with. And we should see the meal that, that we have with others as a sign of the great banquet feast that we'll one day partake of when Jesus returns and we'll eat with all kinds of people that have gone on before us. And the same is true of, of other desires as well. Sex within the confines of marriage is a beautiful thing. A husband and a wife, they enter into a covenant with one another, and the two flesh become one. And this is a sign of the Trinity. The three persons of the Godhead are one. They are completely unified. And so so, so marriage should point us to what is eternal. Resurrection changes everything. Not only does it give us the the promise of eternal life and a resurrected body, but it also gives us the hope of a new life here and now. We find the the language of resurrection throughout the Bible, but but we have to know what we're looking for. For instance, um, notice Colossians 3.1. If you have been raised... With Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, see at the right hand of God. To be resurrected is to be raised from the dead. And so we could translate this verse if you have been resurrected with Christ, seek the things that are above. 
Wait just a minute. When were we resurrected with Christ? Well, in baptism, we die to ourselves. We are buried with Christ. And then we are raised, we are resurrected, a new person. And so baptism is a reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But it is also our own death, burial, and resurrection. And in baptism, we experience a spiritual resurrection before we ever experience that bodily resurrection that will happen when Jesus returns. We are given a a new life where we seek what is living. And our purpose and our priorities, they change. And our desires are redirected toward God. And we no longer waste our time seeking life among the dead. We have experienced the power of resurrection. And those who have put on Christ in baptism live with the power of resurrection within us. Romans 8 and verse 11 states, If the Spirit of Him who who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so we carry around the power of resurrection wherever we go. Do we realize that? Do we truly understand what God has placed within us? The resurrection of Jesus was the greatest moment this world has ever known. Period. Because it it forever changed the course of history. It is the evidence of God's plan to redeem all things and to right all wrongs. And this is the power that lives within us. And we need to keep reminding ourselves of these truths. It is important that we meditate on the death and resurrection that we experience in baptism. And we need to continually be mindful of the power that God has placed within us. Why? Because life is a struggle. And it doesn't matter how long one has been a Christian. We need reminders. We need redirection when we get off the path. And this is one reason why God has given us the church. Christian community helps us to to keep going in this direction that we need to be going. Why do you seek the living among the dead? There are lots of people who need to hear this question. There are people who have never given their life to Christ, who have a a deep longing within them, and they keep seeking fulfillment in all the wrong places. They are seeking the living among the dead. There are people who have been Christians for years, who struggle with directing their thoughts and desires towards what really matters. And it's not always easy. And this is why we need to keep asking ourselves this question over and over again. Jesus came to give us abundant life. But if we're going to experience abundant life, then we must be seeking it 
where there is life. We're not going to experience the power of life if we're hanging around dead people and seeking after dead things. Our, our hearts and minds need to know the power of resurrection. We are not who we once were. We are not the same person we used to be. Our old self has died. We are a new person in Christ. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. I'm here to tell you this morning the dawn is here. God's light shines upon us now. He guides our feet. He wants to direct our path. And the question for us is, will we listen for God? Will we follow Him where He wants to lead us? God will lead us to life. He will give us living water. But we must seek after Him and not seek after idols. We must turn away from what is dead and what is powerless and, and turn toward the living God who has shown His power by resurrecting Jesus. And so we put our trust in the risen Christ who has conquered death and who has overcome the grave. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and, and we thank you for, for all the many things that you've done. We thank you for Jesus and his life, his ultimate sacrifice on the cross that, that gives us forgiveness of sins and especially the power of his resurrection. Father, we are just so grateful that we know this morning that death is not final, that you have conquered death. And not only have you conquered death, but you have placed that power within each of us. And so the power of life is within us. It's there. You've given it to us. You've blessed us with, us, with it. And, and so we pray, Father, that, that we don't go after things that, that do not matter. Things that are lifeless. Things that have no power. May we direct our attention and our strength and our mind and our love and our desires toward you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.